Cobram Estate is the most awarded Australian extra virgin olive oil. Let it be the hero when entertaining family and friends. Cobram Estate extra virgin olive oil is fresh and full of flavour. Perfect for roasting, frying, baking, dressing salads and for dipping bread. Make your food taste even better with a little help from Cobram Estate. Premium quality, great tasting and a versatile, healthy alternative. Buy in store at all major retailers. G'day guys, welcome back to Dylan Friends this week on the pod. How exciting, how cool. One of my favourite up-and-comers, someone I've wanted to uh, to get on the podcast for a long time. Actually, I lied. I've actually had him on a mini uh, last year, I think, when he came to the studio. But um, can't get enough of this young man. Love his content. It's Blake Pavey. Does not want to be called a TikToker. He is a comedian. He is definitely a comedian, but he made his way uh, to where he is now by just um, posting videos online, impressions, comedic skits and the like, but he's one of the most hilarious young blokes uh, I've seen in a long time, and I love his content. He's actually got his tour coming up as well, Literally Dying uh, Tour. That's what it's called, mind you, not... uh what it is, but that's what the tour is called, Literally Dying 2023 Tour. I'm going to the concert in Melbourne, uh, the concert, the performance in Melbourne. It starts in April, I think I'm going. So make sure you want to come, you want to see me. But yeah, talk about his whole life, how he got into comedy, the social media, and the up and coming of all these young uh, young stars. Uh, I did a tour recently all around Australia with Luke Kidgel, and a lot of people might not know this. He actually lives with cystic fibrosis as well, which we talk about and, and the impact that's had on him and his life to date. So, yeah, really uh, interesting chat. I can't thank Blake enough for coming to the show and absolutely loved it. Here it is. Hi, fam. It's Dylan's mum, Deborah. This is Dylan Friend. He gives you a back rub and says, you know, you're going well, Brian. Oh, special. Get comfortable, uncomfortable. Mm. Just keep showing up and find a way. Cam was so nervous he couldn't swallow water. Carrying a sheet of paper with six names and said, Chief, we've got to cut these six blokes. Wow, shut up. I've just been barbed by a stingray, mate. I'm just yelling at him. You saved my life. You saved my life. You saved my life. Thank you. Thank you. I spent the last, I think it was a couple of weeks in jail. The deepest, darkest moments often bring about our biggest highs. Blake Pavey. G'day. How are you, mate? I'm well, thanks for Welcome having me. Welcome to the pod. This is the second time. Yeah, no, I've been upgraded from the Mini X. <laughs> yeah, That's I know. awesome. I was just thinking, oh, how am I going to talk about this? You got a Mini last Yeah, time. I did. But it, was, it wasn't because we were doing a Mini. It was just because you were in, didn't really plan it. It was sort of no. like, wasn't it? We said we'd come back and do a full episode to yes, talk about it. But, but now, we're... like, I'm in the new, like, I was in this room. How long ago was that? That man, was like six months ago now. Or I reckon something. it would have been a year ago, man. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It yeah, maybe. I think I was just about to kick off tour or something like you that. You hadn't been on the tour yet. No, yeah. I, I think it was like a couple of weeks out. So literally we sat in here, did a mini in like a room that had just been plastered and yeah. then after that you went away and we built this. So you haven't been you haven't been back since. No, no, but it's good to be back. No, it's exciting, man. I'm so happy to have you on. And our friendship's grown. I'd like yeah. to I'd like to think that. Yeah. At the start it was sort of, you know, <laughs> just a bit tedious, you know. I was like, oh, not sure about this bloke, but but it's good. <laughs> Do you remember that time when I messaged you and I said something? I can't even remember what I said now, but it was something like a joke that you make with someone like you really know. And I thought I thought we were there yet, and then you just weren't near your phone, and I thought that you just didn't reply to it. And then I like followed up again, being like, "Oh, I was joking, by the way." Yeah. And I sent like three in a row, and you're like, "Oh, mate, I just wasn't near my phone." Oh well, that would have been like two months ago. Was that like, <laughs> oh, that was tour announce day? Yeah, I think I when was... you were like, "Oh, I just bought tickets because I felt bad." Yeah, yeah. That and was... I remember thinking, I was like, "Oh, that's a good shout." And then I just put my phone down, and then you were like, "Oh, sorry, man, I didn't actually mean that." I was like, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> yeah, it's anxiety, man. That's what happens. That's what happens with life. Um, but you're well otherwise? I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been, uh, yeah, just busy, tired, yeah. but that's yeah. about it. Yeah, lots changed Mate, in the, the last year. Like, I feel like the last, yeah, the last 12 months we said has been crazy for you. You've literally gone, um, and we'll debunk this today. I, I know you don't like the TikToking thing, but 
TikToking thing, TikToker tag, but you've gone from, you know, an online creator to realistically just transitioning into like full stand-up com- comedy. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, I remember that's what we were talking about. That was sort of the yeah. main goal, I think, last year, which um, which I would have hoped I'm closer to now. I've still kind of got it, which I don't hate as mm. much. I've sort of over the past year, I'm like TikTok's like the one thing that's sort of helped me get there and sort of transition into that full comedian bit. But, um, but yeah, now nah, the stand-up's been – from from sort of talking to people after shows and stuff, uh, a lot of people's first impression now is like on stage and live, which is something that I really wanted to sort of get into and something that I wanted to achieve, which has been really good. But uh, yeah, it's good to finally step that extra yeah. step up. Not that TikTok's a bad thing, but yeah. yeah, it's good to sort of, you know, be at that spot now. Talk us through, like we were speaking about a little bit, I suppose, last time you were in, but talk us through that whole transition from like finishing school, going to creating some stuff online, like obviously you always sort of had a bit of an eye on doing comedy and doing sketches, but like fast forward one to two to three years, did you ever think that you'd be sort of where you are now? No, I uh, I got a lot of I, – I think that's the one thing like a lot of people uh, who sort of get into it don't realise is that there is a lot of luck involved. Like I got very lucky to sort of, you know, start making videos at the end of year 11, a couple of them blew up, and then sort of throughout high school that was all of my year 12. I sort of flunked year 12 because I was like, oh, I've got 20,000 TikTok followers. <laughs> like who cares? I'm, I'm going to be, you know, up and away in yeah. a couple of years. And, uh, yeah, and then luckily it sort of, you know, just progressed. And then I was actually – I was supposed to be going to America with a couple of mates for like a six-month trip. And then the day before we were booking flights and all that sort of stuff, that's when Luke asked me to come on tour. So I was like, oh, that's not really an opportunity I can pass up. So I was spewing not to go with them, but it's turned into probably me making a bit more money this year, which is good. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been crazy. Talk us through that opportunity because that was before, like as we said last time you chat, you sort of had that in the works. You're going on tour with Luke Kidgel, who is another um, you know comedian, online comedian who's done like a great job in transitioning, as we were saying before, with both sort of online stuff to then going and doing live shows. How did that come about? How did the relationship come about? How did like the him asking you to come on? And what were you actually doing for him? Were you opening? Like how does it work? Yeah, so basically we met through here because, you know, we both did TikTok and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and then we sort of just followed each other mutually after a bit. I actually got a Snapchat memory come up and it was like two years ago today and it was me in year 12 and I was like, oh my God, Luke Kidd, you just messaged me. Wow. So I sent that to him and I was like, lol, now, you're, now I just think you're a cockhead. But, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, we met and then uh, he invited me to go on his podcast a couple of times and then I'd sort of mentioned to him that I was starting to do gigs and do stand-up and all that sort of stuff and then I was only really about five or six gigs into it, just doing open mics and all that sort of stuff. And he just said, hey, I'll come to one of your gigs. Me not realizing, I was just like, oh yeah, Luke's going to come to one of the gigs. So he, he rocks up with like a crew of like seven or eight like who work for him, who are now just like my good mates now. And I was like, but still I was oblivious. I was like, ah, nothing's going on here. The boys just want to see a bit of comedy. But like, (laughs) it was obvious, like in hindsight, that was, he was just like checking me out to see if I was like good at it. But, uh, but yeah. And then I just did that gig. He asked me to open for him. And then yeah, two months later we were in Wagga or something for the first show, uh, ready to kick off. And then his tour blew up through that so I basically got another six months out of it which was insane so again yeah. just like so lucky talk us through that too like that's unbelievable I stupid maybe it's just because I've never thought about it like this but a tour was it just seemed so full on like you were on a plane 
like every couple of days going all around Australia. Like, have you got like a list of how many places you went, how long the tour went for, how many shows did you do? We did. We tried to make at the start like just a map of Australia and then we'd put like a a dot or a pin in like every spot we went mm. to, but then we just, it just got too many. Wow. We would just keep going back to places, you know, just adding all these new shows, um, which to Luke's credit, like these is very hard worker. So like, you know, it, it's all of his achievements and I just sort of got to, you know, go on the ride with him. But, uh, yeah, the travel was just crazy. That was probably my favorite thing. I just got to see the country for the first time ever. I like, there was a lot of places I hadn't been before, um, so yeah, that was awesome. Did you, and like now obviously doing your own tour in 2023 kicks off in March, literally dying. Yes. Uh, very excited. That, that was, you know, I think, um, you know, sort of, I had the idea for the show before Luke's tour started, but I just knew I wasn't ready to do your own thing. No, yet. not yeah. even close. Like that, I got like a bit of a shortcut being able to do, you know, 10, 20 minutes a night on stage in front of these big audiences for a year straight. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that sort of got me to that point quicker, but, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to, to do it. I think sort of over the last year, like that, it goes back to the, you know, wanting to not be a TikToker and yeah. all that sort of stuff. I think this will sort of be the thing that sort of, you know, I've put a lot of work into it's a bit more, bit more of an art form, yeah. I guess, as much as I don't think comedy is really an art <laughs> well, form. It is, it's just yeah. like, it's just a lot more of, I put a lot more of myself into that show yep. than I would, you know, just a random TikTok skit. Um, so I think hopefully it'll show a lot of people that, oh, this is, the, he's more than just the comedian or the, the TikToker dude. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And we'll talk a lot about the tour later. I've obviously got my tickets um, ready to go. You were one of the first, I think. No, no, I was, maybe. I was pretty quick. I was pretty yeah. quick on it because I, I, I'm not actually a big planner. Like I hate sort of doing things. In advance, like mm. I just I'm like I don't know what I'll be doing. Like, will I be available on those dates? But like, obviously, if you book them, you are going to be available. And my thing this year was, and this is just a weird thing that I wanted to be better at. Was one was I want to go see more live like music and yeah. events, including shows. And the other thing was I want to be that guy that like purchases tickets, and then like bring someone along with them. And then like it's cool to do it because people have done that to me. Like I'm yeah. going to see Chappelle next week and a mate got oh, tickets yeah. and he's like do you want to come i was yep. like fucking oath so i wanted to be that guy yeah no which that's is good cool. yeah and obviously support the show yes um yeah we'll talk more about that uh that later and how people can go view it and see it and where we can go um what was the one thing though like i i'm interested in obviously the comedy side of things but like the business side of it what was the one thing you learned on going like fuck i didn't think this was involved in a tour that was like harder to manage than anything else that maybe you learned from luke's then you then you're like thank fuck i knew that when i was doing my own tour yeah well that's uh like i do i'm booking my tour through uh like we me and luke both have our shows booked through luke's brother jack yeah and they've sort of started a business from there that i've sort of just like put myself into now which is good so they do a lot of the admin but um yeah I went into the office one day just to work on all of my stuff that's coming up and then it's just like a lot of paperwork and a lot of just like especially stuff with like liability issues insurance yeah, and all that man. for the venue it's all the a fun lot stuff yeah it's a lot of back and forth that I didn't realize was <laughs> was involved so I was like God, if I because that's what I was going to do like initially like you know, had, had Luke's to a Luke's to a not blown up to the point that it did. Like I was just probably going to book my own. Yeah. So glad that didn't happen. Cause I, I'd have like, I'd have like maybe two shows and I'd be like, ah, oh, that's enough. I don't want to do the paperwork, <laughs> but, but yeah, no, the, the paperwork and the admin is just, it's insane. Um, talk us through 
comedy in general, growing up, who were some of your idols? Who do you get like a lot of inspiration from? Who do you like? Who do you not so much like? What What are your favourite things in comedy? Um, well, I sort of i I think a lot of my probably initially why I got into sketch and characters and all, all that sort of mm. stuff initially was like just more comedy actors like Jim Carrey and Robin Williams were my favorite sort of actors back in the day. And like, I think the first time I like realized that, you know, there's something behind like my favorite movies as a kid was like my favorite movie was the mask, like as a kid when I was like four, but the movie that would give me nightmares was the Grinch. And then when I was like eight or something like that, I was like, Oh, that's the same dude. And then that's when it sort of clicked for the first time that, Oh, like this dude's like, you know, he's amazing and he's doing all this sort of stuff. So that's when it sort of first clicked for me that like, you know, you could do all this stuff, but then in terms of stand up, you know, I'd had the pretty, you know, basic setup. Like we grew up in the country. So I think the first special I watched was like Carl Barron, one ended stick and stuff like that. Uh, and then as I sort of got into it more and started doing gigs more, I just, you know, obviously the American ones, like Mark Maron's a big inspiration, um, which I'm really excited for his special to come out in a couple of weeks. Um, he's just this sort of like older dude, sort of just like talks a lot of, he talks about a lot of morbid stuff as well, yeah. just sort of more existential stuff. Uh, and yeah, so probably Mark Maron's my, my sort of, he's on my Rushmore of, of comedians, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I sort of take where I can get anything really. Tig Notaro did a special about like a cancer diagnosis she got. Mm. And, uh, obviously that's a big inspiration in terms of that. But, uh, but yeah, I really just take what I can get really. Yeah. In terms of comedians, I hate um, Kidgel. <laughs> fuck that guy. Um, nah, there's not a lot of comedians I hate. I just, you know, there's just some that aren't different that, taste. Yeah, but we, I still respect it. Like definitely. If, if someone can get up on stage, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, they're giving it a go. Hundred percent. There's. I, I don't know if this is if I remember this right or not. But I remember talking about like every fucking idiot that thinks I know something about comedy, like myself. Like I love watching um, Ricky Gervais, but you do you like his comedy, or you just get sick of him doing the same sort of stuff? Yeah, I like it. I think he's like one of the best writers, yeah. like ever and like that's why he's sort of been able to keep at it for so long but i think i don't think i don't like him i don't like his fans right i just i think there's a big thing in comedy now with dudes like gervais and Chappelle and all the these like all these dudes that i love and all these dudes that i admire and have watched growing up they sort of they've fallen into this thing where i think they they sort of talk about this big thing of like oh yeah like i'm not gonna get cancelled nobody can cancel me i'm like dude like it's just a like cancel culture has become just a marketing tactic yes. for the, these older comedians who's like dumb fans will just latch onto that and think, no, nah, I'm going to support him because they won't get canceled. <laughs> but it's just, yeah, it's just a, it's, it's like a zeitgeisty thing. Like the, um, like the golden globe stuff he does, like he did a couple of times. That's, Amazing. Yeah, that's I've like, watched that's that awesome. like, I reckon 10 to 15 times. It is it's, unbelievable. It's awesome. It's like always, like every time I go home, I reckon like I see my dad watching it just yeah. like through <laughs> Facebook reels and stuff like that. I'm like, God damn, he's back on it again. But like, it's, it's great. But yeah, it's just his fans <laughs> yeah. that are like the most insufferable people on the planet. That makes sense. Yeah. I, um, they're just on that one. The funniest, well, not the funniest part, but like the best part of that for me is when he's talking about, um, Epstein and yep. he's like, he's your fucking friends. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then, oh, he's just absolutely yeah. ruins so everyone. Good. And then he says at the end, I love it when he goes, if you win an award, just get up here. Don't thank anyone. Just get, thank your manager and fuck off. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the best one. Like just yeah. criticizing like these celebrities. Yeah, he goes, you're in no right to 
lecture the public on anything. Most yeah. of you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. Yeah. Yeah. I like I've it. I've watched it a couple of times. <laughs> I enjoy it. Hey, just on so your, your character stuff, that's where we, uh, where I literally found you the most on when I was um, watching a heap of TikTok. I've had to sort of get off it now. It's actually, I think it's like consuming my brain uh, how yep. much it's there. Oh, that was the thing I was going to talk to you about. I saw a podcast the other day about TikTok that was saying that, um, and this could be completely wrong, but saying that China invented TikTok. Yeah. And if you go to like the Western world's uh, algorithm, we're just getting fed like, you know, twerking, um, like the stupidest videos, yeah. like just recycling and become well, technically- I don't get recommended twerking that really? much. I think that might just be- Is that me? <laughs> Is it? Yeah, okay. Just love twerking. Um, recommended all these videos. And then you go to China, um, and I haven't been there or looked at their algorithm, but apparently it's a lot of like educational- like robot, yeah. like it's actually teaching their youth like unbelievable stuff. I heard that as well. Is that like that's I'm not sure if that's true, but yeah. I did hear that. Yeah. So probably. Yeah. I mean, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, that's the weird thing. Like I uh I went home for Christmas and my dad, like he he gets TikTok just so he can f- watch my stuff. Yeah. Like he follows one person, it's me. But then uh <laughs> he, he comes home one day and he was like, Oh, I walk into the door one day and he was like was my for you page just full of like bikini models and oh, porn stars on, and all this sort of yeah. stuff? I was like, oh, I don't know, man. That's Dad, uh, you've 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 gone down a rabbit hole. And it's yeah, read it pretty and then wrong. I went through his likes that are definitely on public, <laughs> and I was like, ah, there's a pattern here, Paulie. I like it. Paul, the apple doesn't Settle. fall far from the no. tree. <laughs> Paul, 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 be good. Um, your comedy uh, is great. I love it. Thank it's you. very self-deprecating. Um, very funny. There's two parts. Oh, I don't know. This is my opinion. There's probably two parts your um, stuff that I love the most. Is one is the characters. Yeah. So you've got you, you play the dad. Yep. Um, Bob Irwin. Yep. Trish. Tish. Tiff. Tiff. Yeah, yeah. Tiff. Where, what else and how? Like, are they inspired by people? Are they inspired by members? Like groups? Yep. Like, where do they come from? Which one's your favorite? And which one's probably had the most success for you? Yeah. Um. Well, that's the thing. I need to start getting back into the characters. That's yeah. sort of you know I've been so caught up with stand up that yeah. I haven't really been able to delve into it lately. But I'm that was the early stuff. Yeah, but I'm keen to sort of get back into it now that I'm sort of, now that I'm stronger at writing and stuff. I feel yeah. like I could sort of amp it up a bit. But uh, the dad character came from uh, like obviously just my dad, <laughs> but it's like a lot of his mannerisms mixed in with the stuff my mum says. So it's called sort of an amalgamation yeah. of those two. And then the Tiff and Jess, like the girly characters, they just came from girls I went to high school with, yeah. but just sort of dialed up to eleven. Yeah. Um, and then. Bob Irwin, that was just sort of, I had nothing to post. Like, for Poor Bob Irwin. Oh, I know. I have, feel, you, have you ever had a reach out from him? Nah, or, yeah. No, nah, but he's definitely seen one. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I got a message from this woman and she was like, oh, my daughter used to go to school with him and it's like good mates with him. So she shows him them. And I was like, don't. Like that, because <laughs> there's definitely not the best. Like, I just think people think that obviously it's a very, uh, it's like, it's a bit, you know, taboo to you know make fun of the Irwins but I just think it's so funny the idea of putting this really nice genuine human yeah. who's well, just like the like, opposite of what you'd think he'd be like yeah just this like warm just sort of presence in the community yeah. just going to a brothel or something <laughs> like that I just think that's so funny but people are like how do you make fun of the Irwins I'm like it's not it's just like it's just a good contrast in mm. comedically how do you how do you deal with that um in common, I suppose you wouldn't get into it if you, you weren't equipped to deal with it or had thick skin, but like the backlash and the fucking keyboard warriors and people that like, there was a video you did recently, oh, a while ago that we we're talking about, um, was it to do with, 
Anzac Day or something yeah, yeah, like yeah, that yeah. And, and just went, yeah. you know, it just creates so much controversy. Is it something that like, does it affect you at all or Not really. do you I, see through it? Yeah, I just sort of think I, I always make a point of, you know, justifying the jokes to myself and yep. knowing, you know, I've been doing comedy for, you know, two or three years now, just at a pretty, you know, to a lot of people. So I feel like when I make a joke, I, I know that it's justified. I know there's no malice behind it. And I know the joke is like, like, that's what a lot of people about that Anzac Day video didn't really understand. They were like, it was a lot of just like blokes and like old men in the comments just being like, you're making fun of the Anzacs. I'm like, no, the video's not about Anzacs. The video's about kids and their inability to stay focused in a serious situation. Mm. And like growing up, it's what, it's what, what happened, happened every yeah. year. Mm. Like, you know, you'd laugh, one kid would pass out or vomit in the front row because <laughs> they didn't wriggle their toes like the teacher said. Yeah, that, that, that's what it was about. But yeah, people just, that's the thing with TikTok. Uh, people are just the worst yeah. in the comments. <laughs> but uh, you learn to deal with it and it's, you know, Again, it just goes back to, you know, I know the joke's justified. Yeah. 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 I'd struggle with that, I think. I fucking, I think I care too much what people think. I'm trying to get better at that. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't, if it's, if it's like that, if people are getting arky about a joke, I'm like, nah, I know, I know what's good and yeah, what's not. I you know, know, like. You back yourself. Yeah. To, I'm like, yeah. Uh, yeah. But if someone's like, oh, your teeth are, I'm like, oh God. Oh, <laughs> that, I'll be in the mirror that night. I'll be like, oh God, may, yeah. may, maybe Damo from like Bustleton WA was right. <laughs> Man, the TikTok thing, like, it is crazy because you do just get, like, you go through comment threads and you're just like, fucking hell, how do people come up with this shit? Like, yeah. it's actually incredible. That, and the, I, the biggest scare for me is to be made, I think, into, like, a, a worldwide meme. Because yeah. you have no control over no, this. No, no way. Because, like, even just saying, you have no control over this, that be, that could become, like, an audio that then everyone uses for a set of their life. Yeah, I love, but it's also, I, I like I would be really scared of that. But when it does happen to someone else, I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. Like I love going through those videos and you watch the video and then you just see there's like 16,000 comments and you know exactly what they're going to be. Yeah. I just like everyone. It's, yeah. it's great. <laughs> I fall into that as well. The other one that's um, unbelievable is when you go through them and you might get addicted to some audio and you see everyone using it and then you find out where that audio is actually from. It's yeah. like from a movie like 30 years ago. Yeah. It's yeah, fucking yeah. weird. Anyway, um, a lot of your comedy is about uh, dealing with cystic fibrosis. Are you able to go through today, talk to us about yeah. that and, and what it is and how did you know you had this? Like, what's, yeah. How do you play in the education piece around um, living with that? Yeah, so um, basically for anybody that doesn't know, it's uh, like cystic fibrosis is a, it's like a, like a terminal sort of respiratory, uh, like genetic illness. And uh, basically the main thing, that happens with that is uh, like everybody's like mucus is like very sort of watery, sort of like easy to get out and all that sort of stuff. But like people with CF, it's very, uh, it's very like sticky and thick and it's hard to move. So that gets trapped in our airways, which uh, obviously makes it pretty hard to breathe, but that can also cause infections and all that sort of stuff. Um, so it's like degenerative, it gets worse over time. But yeah, and then I, I found out, well, I didn't find out, it was sort of more my parents that found out. I was diagnosed at about six weeks old. Um, so yeah, for the first sort of month and a bit of my life, I was like, I was not good, like at all. Like mm. I think, I think it was getting pretty serious by the end before they found out. Um, so luckily they did. And then they put me onto treatment and all that sort of stuff. But, um, but yeah, it's just been my life for, for all my life. So it's never really felt out of place mm. for me, but, um, but yeah, in terms of putting it in comedy, I, it was never really a conscious 
choice really, especially doing it in stand-up. I would just try to write bits and that's sort of just what organically sort of came out and, you know, what I put onto paper. Um, but yeah, like joking about it has sort of been uh, sort of the the thing that's probably gotten me through it, I think. Like there's no cure for like CF uh, yet, you know, hopefully fingers crossed. Mm. But, um, you know, humour's been the closest thing to that, I think. Um, so yeah, that's just basically, and that's like, you know, credit to my family. They've been able to joke about it from a very young age. So I've never really felt, uh, like a level of discomfort with it. I've always sort of felt that like, I'm pretty open about it. I'm, you know, I always let my mates joke about it. It was a, it was a ripping time in cod lobbies, you know, yeah. when I was 14 or 15 for my mates to be able to rip into me about that. But, uh, but yeah, it's just been the thing and it's, yeah, it's normal. Yeah. Was there, I know, answering the question probably there, was there a time before you started doing stand up and bringing it as a part of your gig and, and humanizing it, I suppose, and, and making it, uh, disarming it, the power of it? Was there a time when, you weren't as comfortable talking about it or has it always just been the case? Maybe like when I was like, maybe like, maybe like the very first time, like yeah. my brother tried to make a joke about it when I was like five or six or something yeah. like that. Um, but not for long at all. Like I've, I've always sort of been pretty open with it and sort of able to joke about it. Um, which like is all credit to like mum and dad who have always been pretty loosey goosey with mm. their humor and sometimes a bit over the top yeah. and sort of, yeah, like they're, they're from the country. They're, they're pretty happy to joke about anything, which has really helped, um, throughout, throughout my life. But, uh, yeah. And then once I started doing stand up, um, that's when I really just sort of amped it up a little bit and sort of, um, sort of, you know, latched onto that sort of card, I guess. But like, that's the thing. I think people are a lot more when I, 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 do get a general feeling from the audience when I first start talking about it, that they're a little bit sort of like mm. antsy about it. But once I start getting into it, um, they really just calm down. And then after shows, they're a lot more open to it. So um, it's a weird way of just sort of spreading awareness, I guess, which was never really my goal. I just wanted to make jokes. But um, yeah, it's had a really weird sort of ripple effect um, especially within like the, you know, the CF community and other people with other health issues. It's, it's really sort of, you know, latched onto them and connected with them. Yeah. Well, I know from what you're saying over there, I know that you're not doing it to inspire the people, but obviously it's having that effect on people as it is. Like, have you had many people, you know, reach out or anything like that happen from? Yeah. Well, there's, there's just like a lot of people with, um, you know, just like a lot of like illnesses that do come mm. to the show now, um, like a lot of them being CF, you know, cancer, you know, Huntington's, whatever you want to sort of name it. I've got a very unsustainable audience. <laughs> I think I have to say, I probably should just start doing shows in ICU wards. I think it's, that's, it's, it, it's not good, but, uh, so yeah, I'm going to have no audience when I'm like 35. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be a short lived career, but God, it's going to be a good one at that. I think. Um, the part, one of the parts of your show, which is, as I said, I can imagine like in that art form, as we said before, it's not about just comedy. It's making people feel emotions, uncomfortable, comfort, like yep. those bits where you go, oh, like that's, you're squirming at certain things. A big part of that of your show, um, which I haven't seen live yet, which I'm looking forward to. And I don't know if this is in the, in the tour, but you sort of talk to the audience about, you always say, and I won't steal your words, is there any other dying cunts in the room? Yep. Now talk us through um, where that came from, what sort of reactions you've got from and, and what has that led to anything? Because it's, I can imagine as a comedian, only imagine 
there's only so much you can plan, right? You put together yep. your show, but then there's so much left to the vulnerable. Like, yep. what the fuck's going to happen? Like, what do you expect's going to happen and where's it going? Yep. Uh, yeah, well, I try to, like, have as much control as possible, <laughs> but then when you put something out to the audience, it's it's just, it's all, like, all hell could break loose. And nine times out of ten, it's just, like, a really shit answer that you're just like, oh, I can't use. They, they, it's for TikTok clips, like, yep. primarily. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> But yeah, like nine times out of ten, it's not that good. But then you get the one that's like, oh, this is gold. Like we we did have one the other day. Um, I don't think I'll use that any other dying people in the room thing like during the tour that yeah. much. I just think I've I've used that like Done that's it. out of my system. I think. But um, I I asked people if they've had a Make a Wish before. Like that's a good one. I get. We had this dude the other day in 2006 or something, he was like five years old and he asked to meet Steve Irwin for his Make-A-Wish. And uh, within the process of setting that up, Steve died. So couldn't meet him, um, which uh, no pun intended, would have stung a bit um, finding out. (laughs) um, And uh, yeah, it's stuff like that, which really just like, I could feel the crowd just go, oh, this is good. Because I do do like 10 minutes about the Irwins at the start of the show anyway. So it was like such a good way to sort of, you know, circle the show in and sort of end it on a, on a, on a bit of a, bit of a loop. But, uh, but yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. It's really weird. And then it's just like random. Like when I did ask if there's any other dying people in the room, there'd be like the, you know, the 18 year old girl, like in year 12, just going, I want to die every day. And I'm just like, I fucking hate my generation. Yeah. Yeah, It sucks. Just like TikTok people. I seriously saw someone on, um, on Twitter today did the best tweet ever. It's mistaken who it was. I'll have to fill it in, but said like everyone's arguing what is the worst generation in the world. It's like we all fucking suck. Yeah. And I was like, that's actually something we can all agree on. Yeah, 100%. Like yeah. The, we all have uh, down, our downfalls, that's for sure. There's things that we could take and leave from everyone. But, yeah, that's uh, that's it. Um, weirdest encounters after shows, like people that go to comedy shows, you do like a lot of meet and greets. Yeah. Um, how do they go? Do you enjoy them? They're, I like them. Yeah, yeah. they're pretty there it's good to be able to talk to people after shows and just sort of thank them for coming um but there have been there have been some weird ones i do this i did not to spoil the bit but i do this bit where the, the you'll have to come to the show to see because yes. i really don't want to spoil it but the the bit is about uh i love a feminine back <laughs> like i think a back is like the most underappreciated feature on a woman's physique okay i've never so, thought about it like that so after shows like I, people send me pictures of their backs and so like a lot of them are just like blokes like in the mirror just being like oh get home mate just uh like just like taking the piss which is awesome <laughs> yeah. but there are a few that are just like hey you know and then have like asked me to come out after shows and i'm like oh it was it was a bit it's just like <laughs> it's a joke but uh people that's probably the most frequent one i get which is really weird but then um we were in i can't remember we were in, oh we were in Tamworth, the country music capital of Australia, and then uh, we finished the show, and uh, I was standing next to Luke. We were just sort of shaking people's hands, and you, you try to talk to everybody, just like, but you also have to move it pretty quickly. So you do get into a like sort of an autopilot mode of hey, thanks so much for coming. You still appreciate everybody, but it you have to sort of move. There's a lot quick. of there. Shake you, some hands. Yeah, and uh, we we had this lady lovely lady but she was about 45 i want to say and she was with her mate and they were they were were country folk (laughs) and uh and picture that however you like it but uh she comes up to me uh and she was like oh my friend was telling me that i'm not allowed to take you home tonight (laughs) 
and I looked at Luke and I thought she was doing a bit, but she was she was fully serious. And I was like, oh, lucky me, I guess. Uh, and then she was like, she like asked me to come to like the Tamworth Tavern or whatever it was called. And I was like, ah, oh, I'm okay. Oh but, my God. Yeah, those are the weird ones. Um, yeah, it's really weird. It's a lot of like, oh, you know, before touring and before like doing all this stuff on stage, I wasn't wasn't the biggest ladies man ever. But like people try to shoot their shot a lot after shows, and I'm not sure what it is. That's like, unbelievable. Yeah, like I do, like I just took a nice confident man on stage though. That's the gets. I don't know if that's it. It might be the thing, just like making people laugh. But like yeah, and maybe it's because Luke says he has a girlfriend in the show, so they're like, oh, I'll Let's go, go to the I'll go to the opener. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's insane. There are a lot of weird weird people like that. Okay. But on the whole, people are pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's touring with you? Have you got anyone coming with you on your show? Not not a regular uh, opener just because, uh, you know, the tour is a bit smaller. So I don't, you know, we, we're not sure if we can pay someone the full salary for the year. But I'll have people pop up in, you know, each sort of state. Like yeah. um, it, it'll be harder for regional shows, I guess, like just asking people to come out just for a couple of hours drive to just do like 10 minutes a night. But, um, but yeah, I've got some names lined up uh, for like Sydney and Brisbane and all that sort of stuff, which should be good. Um yeah, which yeah, it, that that's the that's the fun, like probably the hardest thing. Like a good opener is like like they have to be a good comic, but like a, a lot of it is just like being a good hang mm. and creating like a good vibe before the show. Um, but yeah, it should be good. I've got good names lined up, I think. So yeah. Um, when you go into like actually doing a whole, this is probably a maybe a um a debunk a debunker of what like comedy is. Like, how does it work? I know there was a really interesting video you put up like explaining about comedians doing an act it's like it's a it's a basically it's you're acting like you're being a performer and you're not doing the same thing every night but it does follow a similar process of the shows yeah. that they are of course you're going to hear if you go to three shows in a row you're going to hear similar things how does that work and what's like the debunk theory around that because it's i think the general public some people don't realize that yeah a lot of people we've had people uh we did a lot of times where we would do like a show and then two weeks later we'd add another one and come back um we were in Wollongong and then uh, we came there the first time, a couple of great shows. It was awesome. And then we came back a couple of weeks later and a girl came up after the show like so pissed off at us. She was like, it was the exact same, like the exact same <laughs> show. I was like, did you think you were getting like a different hour? She was like, yeah, don't you guys just make it up on the spot? We're like, no. And then like I try to be like pretty nice, but like Luke was just like, that's fucking dumb, like to her face. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, like tell it to her. I was like, this is great. But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it follows um, a certain structure. Like I have my set list, yeah. but like at the same time I do, you know, you know, I think a lot of it's like, you know, if I've lost them on a bit here, I can maybe, you know, move this bit up to here, switch up the order a bit to try and get them back. Um, but mainly it just sort of follows like, you know, my structure of like what bits I want to do in this order. And then I'll maybe like try to go into a bit of crowd work, come out of that, go into something else. Um, but yeah, that that's probably the interesting thing. Like I've done like 20 minutes a night for the past year. So it'll be interesting to see what full hours are like. Um, so that's probably my next 
uh, challenge that I've got to get into. But, you know, I've done a couple of trial shows over the past couple of weeks, which has been like 45, 50 minutes. Were you doing them or is that just? Uh, they've just been like, uh, we did one. A you sort of don't tell people, you just go and do them like to uh, practice? Kind or? of. Well, we sort of done them now. Like I did one in Canberra the other week just for like one of the unis there just to do it, just yeah. to like see what bits worked. And then the next night in Melbourne, um, just in like a comedy room that I was headlining. Um, but yeah, but like trial show, if I put any more on, I'll be sure to tell everybody about it. But, um, but yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see how the hour sort of progresses. Like I've got it pretty tight, but I, I, it'll be interesting to see what it's like in another six months. Yeah. Love that. So interesting. Hey, I don't know if this relates um, at all. I was chatting with Becky Lucas once. There was a part where we're talking a lot about like performers and like you go on stage, it's like this massive sort of, um, it's a massive like show. You're amped up, and then the lights go down, and you can have you can sometimes like face a bit of a come down after like shows and tours. Yep. And I'm talking about like hey, how you have to be on top of you know yourself and your mental health, and be really productive with you know fitness and all these types of things. Like, have you found that? Is that something that relates to you? At all? Like, do you, how do you sort of look after yourself during tours and shows? Uh, a little bit. God, I'd, uh, like last year's tour, where I, because like, you know, I think the opening spot is like the easiest yeah. job for the tour. You just sort of rock up, you can do your 20 minutes, and then you just, you know, you sink piss out of the back <laughs> for, you know, however long Luke's on stage for. So I got it pretty good. Um, but that'll be another thing that we have talked about. Um, now that a lot of the responsibilities now on my shoulders for the tour, I was like, maybe I shouldn't probably go out after every show and have 10 yeah. beers and then, uh, do all that sort of stuff. But, um, but yeah, I think, um, uh, it, it's, I think the one thing that challenged me the most that I didn't really expect was the travel, uh, and how exhausting it is. Um, cause it, it just like for a couple of weeks, it's good, but like we did like six weeks just traveling, driving up and down the coast of Queensland, which just like wrecked us at the end of, at the end of that. Like I remember this where I feel so bad for Tyler, one of the dudes that works like on the crew, he, um, we had a show in Rockhampton, like North of Queensland. And then the next night our show was in the Gold Coast. So like a nine and a half hour drive. And then we finished the show in Rockhampton. So we get home at about 1am, just like after packing down and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, oh, well, I'll see you in three and a half hours when we have to wake up and do this drive. And then we, so we drove the nine and a half hours to, to the Gold Coast and then Tyler uh, had to go on another bus for like three hours to go to Splendor in the Mud. Uh, and then he just proceeded to have the worst four days of his life. Um, so yeah, it absolutely wrecked him. Um, but like just the travel has been insane. And it's mostly driving? Most of it's driving. Yeah. We sort of like for WA and stuff like that, we'd fly there, mm. but then we'd just get a car, like a, like a rental van or something and just drive wherever we needed to go. But yeah, a lot of it is just driving, like just, you know, which takes it out of you as well. Like just sitting down in a car is like yeah. very tiring after doing it for six months straight. I can imagine. Um, but yeah, I do need to look after myself more yeah. after this tour kicks so off. You don't, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Looking after yourself is important. Yes. You got to drink water. Yes. Yeah. I've not been doing all that. <laughs> um, changing pace, you're a big, you're a bit of a nuffy, hey? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you're proud nuffy? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I so like it. You like, it's a bit weird. Like you really like the pies. I do really like the pies. I, w one of my favorite moments of, uh, last year was when, um, when you boys were up like 25 points oh, yeah. at the, at the, at the third quarter and you texted me at the game, you were like, how do you like that bitch? <laughs> and I just, I just looked at it. And I was like, 
No, nah, I'm not going to reply. I'm Again? Because just... you hate replying to me. I do. <laughs> you really don't like replying. I was like, I'm not going to reply. I'll just see how the fourth quarter goes. Fourth quarter went well. That was fucked. I do remember that. Um, that was, for those out there who aren't finding the footy, that was the infamous round 22 game. Yeah. Carlton Collingwood. That was the best atmosphere I've you ever... You were at the game, weren't you, too? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was sitting in, like, the forward pocket that Elliot kicked the goal in. And I was like, this is just like, because me and my dad have talked about that. We were like, if we could do anything, it'd be like a really important game, like beat Carlton by like a point. Yeah. And then I just rang him after the show. I was like, God damn it. After the show, after the game. Yeah. And I was like, God, this is the best. Yeah. It was pretty hectic. I, I, look, I, I have said this, um, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast before, but I think for Carlton, it's probably the best thing that could happen to them. Like yeah. not making the finals rather than like making it and getting knocked out in the first week, it leaves that little bit of a bitter taste um, in yeah. the mouth ready for next year. But you guys are going to be cool, man. Like we have uh, we have a few big uh, episodes coming up um, with some Pies players. Oh, I like Braden it. Maynard Ooh, coming up. Yeah. Who's some of your faves? Who do you oh, like? I love Maynard. He's yeah. just, I just, just so like. He's a toughest mate. Yeah. He's just I, like, oh. when, uh, when he laid that tackle against, uh, I can't remember who it was, when uh, the dude from Melbourne. Ed Langdon. Yeah, and he tackled him, and I was like, that's you the best. You felt that, didn't I you? I was like, that's the best. <laughs> but then, um, but yeah, I just love it. He's just a good, tough player. Um, but yeah, love all the boys, yeah. obviously. <laughs> love all the boys. They're all great. Um, you wouldn't DM any after a loss or a win, would you? No, no. Not, not abusing them or anything? No, for... that's the one thing. I haven't I haven't had too much contact with any any Pies boys. Unfortunately. Really? I hope to change that this year. I do hope to change yeah. it this year. Yeah, maybe I should stop working with fucking Richmond and yeah. then maybe that might so change. So talk us through that. You got cast as a gig on their membership. What was that? Like, it was like their work? membership campaign and it was like it would have been just over a year ago that I like did that yeah. um, and I was just like I'd, I'd had COVID. I hadn't started doing shows <laughs> or anything like that. I was like money was a bit tight so <laughs> I was just like ah oh, let's the, get on the billboard yeah I was like this uh, but then it, it was so funny uh grand final day uh I woke up and then I met uh like my business manager Jack he was uh, at like a pub in Richmond so uh, and then we had a house party to go to so like what that man was like we would we did like the MCG walk with like all the supporters like past the Richmond training ground and all that sort of stuff so we're walking past like the Swinburne Center or whatever it's called that Richmond trains at and then I'm just I'm walking past and I just see like on the wall is just like my face like just on the Richmond thing I was like this fucking sucks <laughs> like like god like I'm so sorry I remember Collingwood like messaged me on Instagram. They were like, you've got a lot of making up to do. And I was like, I know, I would do anything for you. Is that one of those situations where you, like, I've definitely been in this situation. You do something and as you're doing it, you sort of immediately regret it and you realise the scale that this is. Like, did you know how big that campaign was going to be or they didn't probably share the... No, I, you know, I had a, you know, I had a general sense of like, it would have been dumb of me to think yeah. like, oh, like This was on like, for those out there that haven't seen it, I'm sure you have, but it was a massive like QMS like fucking billboard in Richmond and it was also like on the membership like yeah. newsletters and stuff like that as well yeah and then like every Richmond home game at yeah. the G the ad would play on the screen so like every Richmond home game someone just would like send me a video of them like in the audience <laughs> And then, uh, like, <laughs> me and my mate had been planning to go to Collingwood, Richmond, like, at the G. And then, like, two weeks before, he was like, do you still want to go? I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, I'm not rocking up in a Collingwood jersey and then have my face in a Richmond jersey plastered up on the MCG. It's insane. Oh, fuck me. 
But no, no. But I do like. I I should hate Carlton as a Collingwood fan, but I do. I would like to see them do well. Oh, that's a nice. Because I I do like to see like teams that have been like historically not in the best place. Yeah. Sort of win. That's why it was so good watching Melbourne win. Well, like even Richmond this year watching like, like I was rap watching Collingwood win and play good footy this year. Mm. Like you look at those young guys coming through, like Ginevan, and I really like Trent Bianco. Yep. I can't even think who else there is now. The Brown. Tyler Brown. Yep. He's at Adelaide now, isn't he? Oh, Cal- Callum. Cal Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he gave yeah. me a big cork in the bicep once. Oh, really? Yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but they're, they're looking good. So I'm excited for the Pies this year. I think they'll be pretty... Um, Pretty strong, actually. So, I'm like, yeah, I should be should be good. That'll be the that'll be that's the worst thing about touring is I can't go to the footy as much. Um, Did you ever play footy? Yeah, I played like under sixteens, and then I just remember like you know I'm not the biggest. Was like a nifty forward pocket type situation. Uh, I or was or... nifty sort of like centre half bench <laughs> most games, <laughs> sort of you know half forward water boy, just all that sort of stuff. But like uh, you know, I was I just sort of did it to just play with mates. Yeah, so who I, was that with? Uh, Cora Rutherford. Cora, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Kangaroos. Yeah. What, a, what a squad. Yeah, we made made the under-16s grand final. Um, had a great game. Um, Did in you? In all zero minutes that, yeah. I, that I played. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, – but I just remember I was like, oh, the, the time I thought footy is maybe not for me is when uh, I think like two of our like Ruck Rovers like were injured and then the backup for them got injured. So they just looked at me and they were like – Okay, <laughs> go in. And uh, like I'm the type of dude that like I will put no effort into training or anything like that. But like when I get the game, like when I get game time, I'm like, well, this is it. This is like, this is my, this is my Rudy moment. This yeah. is like my sports movie. It's like, I'm going to come out and have 50 touches. Never happened. But I go into the, I go into the rock and we were playing like the, I think we were playing the Wodonga Bulldogs or something like that. And these the two, like their Ruckman and their Ruck Rover were like two, like just fucking huge, <laughs> like Samoan type dudes. And they were both like double my weight, double my size. And then um, the ball gets tapped down. I was like, I'm just going to stay away. But then the ball just like, you know, a million to one just like bounced in my hand. <laughs> and I just remember looking at the ball. I was like, oh, this isn't going to be good. Because I just see this dude running from this side and another from this side. And they both just just absolutely slammed me and I remember being like bar like on the ground in between these two dudes and then I just remember one of my best mates Bailey he was just looking at me he was like I <laughs> thought you fucking died man like we like I could hear like the crowd just go oh <laughs> they were like we've killed a man on the footy field it was not good. So after that game, I was like, okay, maybe, <laughs> maybe just cock jokes on stage yeah. for the rest of my life. <laughs> oh, it's not me. good. Unbelievable. What is um? What's like the plans for? What's your goals? So after the tour, have you sort of banked out anything you want to achieve? Like, what's the ultimate for you? Is it just selling out? Would you love to do a world tour? Would you love to have a special? Like, what's like the the next sort of thing? Yeah, I sort of I haven't really thought about it too heavily. I think just. You know, I'm very focused on like short term goals yep. and just doing that the best I can because then I think that like longevity wise will lead to other great stuff. But you know, I'd love to do a special one day. 
Uh, you know, I'd love to, you know, tour other countries. I'd want to do the UK at some point, um, like the US, if I ever got the chance, just all that sort of stuff, just like to tick it off the bucket list. Um, but yeah, I like, I'll just, I think just stand up's going to be the thing. I think I, you know, I love it. It's just what I love to do. I'll, I'll have fun up there on stage every mm. night. Um, but yeah, I'll probably just, you know, finish this tour, start writing the next one, you know, and probably that'll be life hopefully but uh and then i'd love to do you know acting stuff as well i'd yeah. love to get into all that sort of well, stuff actual tv shows or like yeah, skits like, or um i'd do anything i mean I, I love doing skits and characters and all that sort of stuff um i'd love to write stuff like maybe for tv and film and all that sort of stuff but um what but does that mean like what does writing mean just you know just writing shows like yeah if yeah. i could write like a show or like a movie or something like that that'd be awesome but like i think that's going to be later on down the line i think i'm just going to put a lot of my effort into stand up and getting good at that um over the next couple of years and then maybe hopefully doing some acting stuff on the side which should be good but um yeah i'll just take it by year and yeah just see how it goes it's elite man i love it hey um shout us out how can we get tickets to the show if we haven't already and where's sort of available um yes everyone? yes so uh you can get your tickets blakepavy.com just uh we've got all the dates on there which should be good uh yeah we've added a couple of shows like second show in terrelgan brizzy uh where sydney we've added a second show and then uh, Perth and Adelaide both have added third shows, um, which has been awesome. So thanks to everybody who has bought tickets. So uh, if you've missed out on them, everything's at blakepavy.com. Um, and then updates on shows will be, you know, via my socials, Blake Pavy yes. on Instagram, all that sort of stuff. So, uh, so yeah, get your tickets. I'm going on April. I think you're going closing night. Closing night. That's yeah. what I was sort of wondering. I was like, I thought you'd give the most on the closing night of Melbourne. Yeah. But then I was also like, maybe you'll be the most tired. May who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I think I've got my cousin's twenty first right after that, so I think I'll be we'll like be up and about. I'll be up yeah. and about. Okay, yeah. good. That's the thing. I think people, a lot of people, got tickets to the first night, and they're like, first night, it's going to be the best night. I was like, no, get tickets to the second night. Yeah, like, the second show is like I've I've sort of I've not you've I'm not, not a, you've weren't, yeah, I'm not on that high of like oh first show like the second show that's the that's, that's the sweet spot. Okay. Well, cancel mine. Those <laughs> ones. Um, awesome, man. We can't uh, appreciate enough for uh, yeah coming in today, telling your story, and um, we'd love to just have you on more often. Yeah, sounds yeah, good. Stop by. No worries. I'm okay. How funny is it when <laughs> like do you ever get that when people think you're a comedian, tell me a joke? Like, is that yep. a thing all the time? Yeah. Yep. What do you, do you have a one liner for that yet? No, I make it at all as awkward for them as okay, possible. Yeah. I like. I just I love making them feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. It's really bad. People. I only have like stuff set up when people are like when people recognize you but don't recognize you oh, they're like the old like they know who you are but they fake that they don't that's my most hated thing ever yeah they like like i went to went to btv like a couple of weeks ago mm. so it was just like a lot of oh yo oh where do i know you so i just say crime stoppers <laughs> and then i and then i can just walk away yeah so yeah that's that's my only line i have <laughs> there you go if you hear that he wants absolutely nothing to do with you yeah. um <laughs> thanks brother we'll chat soon thanks for having Exciting. me cheers Thanks for listening to another Producey podcast. If you enjoyed the show, that'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, subscribe, tap the bell, leave a review, or even share with one of your friends, or you could do them all. If you want to get in touch to share feedback, suggest a guest, or advertise with one of our podcasts, then email hello at Thanks for tuning in. Illy XX.